Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to the CJJC Show. Embrace the controversy. Stay for the unbiased takes. Welcome back. A week two has just come by and slapped the guys with a reality check after a huge week one overreaction. So see how the guys plan to explain their way through week two's drive-through and reactions from Monday night's doubleheaders. So sit back and enjoy the show. Please don't put Kirk Cousins on primetime again. Alright, we are back with our week two recap. It's the show whose picks you probably don't want to listen to, if we're being honest. Jalen, we got a busy week coming up. A rough one for the AFC North is Tua, the new the new star quarterback. Uh, some of us on this podcast may be calling for uh, Kenny Pickett already. And is the AFC South even worse than we thought it would be? Plus, Jimmy G is back. Russell Wilson kind of stinks, maybe? We'll get into all that and more, Jalen. How are you doing today, sir? Ah, oh, man. Just trying to just overcome that Kirk Cousins prime time collapse, as always. <laughs> um, still trying to get over that. It's almost been what, almost the full 24 hours. Still not over it. It's uh, very diminishing. But, uh, yeah, like you said, a lot of go over here. I'm really excited. We two really put us in a reality check, man. It was. Not No, it certainly was not. We struggled. Um, our picks were pretty bad. We were both uh, off on our lock of the weeks again. So, uh, you know, that's never great. You don't like to see that. But uh, either way, should still be uh, should still be pretty fun. We got a lot of good stuff to get to. It was a busy week. Uh, so, Jalen, I do want to start um, in minute with Minnesota, with your beloved Vikings. Uh, tough loss to the Eagles in Philly last night. Um, I have some opinions on this. I want to. The question I'll ask is: Does this does last night's game does that to you say more about the Eagles or about the Vikings? I'm gonna say the Eagles on this one. Um, Eagles have our number, so going into that game, I wasn't really too impressed of the outcome. Like if you beat the Eagles, I probably would have said it would have been Vikings. But uh, just to be honest, I definitely would say it's a like a big tone setter for the Eagles because week one. You know, I think we talked about this as one of our big games, you know, to look out for. And sure enough, this one was one of them for a statement game. The Eagles made a statement in the NFC, all right? And uh, they're one of the top threats, I think. I think they're definitely a top threat now. Yeah. No, I agree. That's what's going to be my take, too. Um, the Vikings definitely look bad, definitely had some cause for concern after that great week one start. But, yeah, I totally agree with you. I think it says more about the Eagles. I, I just think that was one of our better takes. I think the Eagles are going to be really good. Man, Jalen Hurts looks like I thought he would be good this year. I got on the bandwagon, obviously. But just compared to coming out, he's so much better than I thought he would be. He's improved as a thrower. He does some unique, dynamic things that are really tough to defend. Philly, they're a handful on offense. Their defense looked great last night. The Eagles, I mean, they're up there as far as they could be in the running for the top seed in the NFC. I mean, you look at the NFC and how wide open it is. Outside of Tampa and the Rams, and even the Rams look worse than Philly right now, um, Philly looks as good as anyone in the NFC. So I'd be very excited if I was an Eagles fan. Yeah, and like you said, you know, there's a lot of question marks with those top-heavy NFC teams, you know. The Vikings are supposed to be one of the up-and-coming ones, but they just demolished them, you know. So it's like... Man, it's when you could now you have to really 
considered, um, you know, in that upper echelon, I feel like. I mean, we'll probably have to see how they do in their division. I feel like it's probably the last test for me, you know, just like see how you do against your rivals. Make sure, I, I expect them to blow them out every time. That's my expectation for the Eagles now in the NFC East. So, uh, but we'll see, man. I Like you said, we did have great expectations coming into this offseason, though, so. Yes, that's that's certainly true. We certainly did have that. Um, so yeah, um, so that was a very interesting one. The Eagles looked great. Um, how concerned are you about about your Vikings, or not not that concerned? Concerned on a scale of like one to ten, I'm gonna say like a six or seven. Um, just like coming out, I, want, I just want to say like they stunk. I mean, like it's a prime time stinker. It's a Kirk Cousins prime time stinker, you know. Uh, <laughs> Something I heard on TV today was, what if the Vikings just get that draw where they get all their playoff games before, you know, the prime time? <laughs> what? That could work, you know? And if, if all these games are not on prime time, we could actually make a run. So, on that point of view, I just want to say, like, I probably will be concerned, depending on how we do next week against the Lions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't any previews, but that's my straightforward saying on that, you know? That's when I'll probably start popping up the flares. But right now, <laughs> uh, like I said, the Eagles had our number for so long, man. And uh, it does sting, and it sucks, but I'm not too concerned now. Yeah. No, gotcha. That's good. Yeah, I wouldn't be too concerned. I'd be a little bit concerned with the offense. Um, that was also just kind of a weird game. So I wouldn't be too uh, too worried about it if I was you. Definitely some concerns there. But uh, we'll see how that goes. So yeah, that that uh that was an interesting one. The other game last night was uh, a little bit was even more ugly. Uh, the Bills absolutely trounced the Titans, forty-one-seven. I don't want to spend too much time on Buffalo just because I think we've both talked about like they're amazing. They look loaded. Them in Kansas City to me look like clearly the two best teams right now. Tennessee, man. I mean, we were both down on them, and so that's looking smart. But they're honestly look even worse than I thought they would. Um, do you think we're gonna see Malik Willis? start multiple games this year? Yes, I think uh, <laughs> the fact they pulled the plug, I mean, well, uh, I think they pulled the plug because, you know, it's the Bills, they probably knew they were getting, they were already, their team's not built like that to come back, but at the same time, you know, they did throw Malik Willis out there in a prime time game, you know, to at least spark something on your offense, I'm guessing, that's what you did it for, so uh, if you come out stinking again, yeah, I would say I expect Malik Willis to show up here soon in the next couple of weeks if they come out 0-4, 0-5. Do I see that happening? I don't know the schedule off the top of my head, but I will definitely say that that's uh, considerable after this speaker of a start, you know? Yeah, no, that that's a good point. Um, you know, I'm going to be really interested to see uh, see how that plays out. Um, but yeah, I, Tennessee, man, their offense is bad now. Um, their defense, they, they have concerns all over the field. Again, it's Buffalo, who may be the best team in the league, so I'm sure they'll bounce back and get some wins. Um, I guess that segues into kind of one of the topics overall I want to talk about as we kind of go through some of these games. The AFC South, man, I starting to think this might be the next division to have a losing record be win the division because none of these teams look very good right now. Jacksonville probably feels the best today and looks the best. They're the only one with a win through two weeks. Um, the AFC South, man, looks ugly. Yeah, it's big old, big old yikes. Very gross. Very, you know, touch it with like a 10-mile stick. Uh, 
you know, I, I just, just the division in general. I am high for the Jags in general, though, because like you said, it's the WP era. If he brings the consistency that the Jags are trying to get, that's all you need in that division, honestly, at this rate. I mean, we're talking about Titans. We found consistency in Brable, you know. And so if Dougie P can give that for the Jags, I'm fine with that. I can see why team, I can see why media people are starting to say, you know, Trevor Lawrence is showing shades of young Indiana, you know, when they had Peyton. But <laughs> I'm, at the same time, that was a big, uh, big claim. <laughs> it's a very big claim to make. But I'm for it, you know. We were all here for the Dougie P train. And uh, it's starting the roll. Trevor Lawrence looked really smooth in his win. And a blowout win, for that matter, so it even looked even better. So, I gotta say, man, I'm I'm all for the whole building of uh, the build-up hype of the Jags, like we have been. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I think the Jags are in a good spot. I don't know how good they can be with their roster. They still have a lot of holes, obviously. But, um, and Trevor Lawrence, I think, and I don't think this is a hot take, but this is something we talked about. I think by the end of this year, you're gonna look back and you're gonna be like. Looking at all of the, because that was what I said. One of my most interesting storylines going into the season uh, was the second-year QBs. Uh, you're gonna look back by the end of the season, I think, and we're gonna be like, yeah, Trevor Lawrence is by far the best of all these guys. Um, he looked really good against the Colts. Um, I think he's gonna continue to improve as the year goes on. Uh, Christian Kirk, yes, he got overpaid, but he's producing so far through two games, small sample size. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty optimistic about Jacksonville. Um, We'll talk about this in a little bit as far as AFC South. Um, the Davis Mills bandwagon did hit a bit of a bump in the road uh, yesterday. I've been dri- We've been driving that uh, all offseason. Um, so, so that wasn't great. I still think he's, pretty, he's fine. Um, the Colts, man, we'll talk about kind of our last segment, um, sort of who's real, who's not real, the 2-0 and 2s, the Ophers, as you said. Um, but if we're talking about like teams who I'm the most panicked about through two games, the Colts might honestly be my number one. They have looked so bad. They had the crazy comeback in the fourth against Houston in the game they tied, where they scored 17 in the fourth. And then that game, and then they didn't score in overtime. So the first two games, if you take out that first that fourth quarter the first week against Houston, they've literally scored three points in, let me do this math here, eight quarters. <laughs> yeah. which is pretty bad. There are other eight quarters. They've scored three points. Um, Carson Wentz, you know, he maybe uh, maybe wasn't the problem. I was told I was told by all the Colts fans that I know, not going to name drop anybody, that, oh, Carson Wentz, man, he stinks. Um, at least my buddy Dylan was saying that all last year. Carson Wentz, it's early, but so far, Carson Wentz is winning that divorce. Yeah, Carson Wentz can actually drive you down the field and, uh, Put up some scores, it looks like, you know. But uh, you know, it's it's very it's very questionable why the Colts did what they did. I remember last week I said, you know, I'm hopping off the Colts because they got right of Rodrigo and all the name pointing, you know, and calling. So you know, that's what you get. I, I, I'm kind of on the kind of on the opposite ladder here, you know. Colts kind of did it to themselves. It sucks. Like Matt Carson, you're right. Carson Wentz wasn't the problem. I at least I believe the same thing too. Um, I also believe Rodrigo wasn't the problem, but here we are, you know, Rodrigo's gone, and these guys put up how many points against, uh, the Jags? Oh, zero. <laughs> I wonder if put up some points on that one, you, you were in field goal range. Oh, wait, 
not whatever kicker you had this week, that's for sure. So, it's just, I don't even know if they even made it to field goal range now that I think about it, to even try. But, it's, uh, Colts, like you said, yeah, they're in a panic button mode. Two, and they were both division games, you know? Yeah, so against the two, the teams that are supposed to be the bottom, against the teams that are supposed to be the bottom feeders, too. Houston and Jacksonville. So it's definitely as bad a start as they could have had. They managed to have a tie. They should probably be 0-2. Um, last thing on the Colts, they were a team we talked about when we did the teams we're unsure about. And I think, I know I said this, I'm pretty sure you did as well. The big concern for me that has just been magnified is their receiving core, man. Like, outside of Michael Pittman, they just don't have anyone that can make a play. Michael Pittman's a great player, but outside of that, that receiving core is bad, and it is showing. Matt Ryan not getting it done with those guys. Matt Ryan, you, you know, that's the thing, too. Matt Ryan's used to having some, at least a number one, well-known, big-name target. You know, in Atlanta, he had Julio and Kyle Pitts, Roddy White, all these big names, you know. Who do we have out in freaking Indiana? Pittman? That's it? That's <laughs> <laughs> This Pittman fella? Nah, man, that's not going to cut it. You know, I'm with you. That's not going to cut it. Especially with Alec Pierce and all that, you know. Yes, develop as a rookie, but it's uh, it's definitely not looking too good. Hang on, I'm trying to flip off this driver for going five hundred. Yeah. So now that the AFC South pretty gross, we can hit on Houston when we briefly when we get to Russell Wilson. Um, okay, I guess we'll talk about the other division that had a rough weekend, uh, the AFC North. Before we get to the Steelers, and I have my thoughts on them. Uh, let's talk about the crazy, what I would say was the craziest game of the, a bunch of crazy games again, but probably the craziest, Miami with the crazy fourth quarter rally to beat the Ravens, 42-38 in Baltimore. Did not see that one coming. I thought Baltimore was going to win it. They were rolling in most of the game, and then two in the offense just unleashed, two with six touchdowns, 469 passing yards. Miami's offense, man, it is legitimate. And Mike McDaniel, that higher looks better by the day. Yeah. Offensive guru, genius, whatever you want to call it. You know, that's that's exactly what he is right now. Um, I called it last week, you know, beat Belichick, and now he's going off to beat Harbaugh. He's on a legendary campaign right now. Great first two wins. <laughs> yeah, great first two wins. Uh, yeah, very excited. I was surprised that pick went through for me wasn't a lock, but it was just one of our, you know, like game preview, whatever, nonsense pick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was about to say, that I was very surprised. It was an amazing game to watch, though. Like you said, crazy ending. Um, one thing I can take away from that is Baltimore's DBs got torched. I mean, simply yeah. when you have Bottle and Hill, it's hard. It's going to show that it's going to be hard to contain them. Uh, I like to take that in hearing online is – how will they? How will they do when it's time for winter football? You know, when it gets colder, you got to run the football a little bit more. Maybe, See, um, maybe that's when that team will probably get a little more exposed. But at the same time, you don't have to run it; you just throw it like that. Hey, I mean, I think. You know. Yeah. I think they'll also be okay just because so much of their passing is just like short, quick throws with slants. But they do it well because um, Tyreek Hill and Waddle are probably. They look like the most explosive, like the most dynamic one-two receiver punch in the league because they are both just ridiculously fast. Um, Tyreek Hill at 190 yards. Like, 
they're both legit. Waddle's a legit number one receiver. He is breaking out. Um, and they both, in Mike McDaniel's offense, like his play calls and schemes are just so clever and unique, which I really like. And Tua, you know, I still don't think Tua's ever going to be amazing. But, you know, he can run the system well. He's accurate. I- I'll say, I mean, I, this might be an overreaction, but I'll say Miami's a little bit better than I thought they were going to be. They, Their offense, at least, looks pretty legit. That That's probably going to be a top five offense most of the year. Yeah, I mean, it's top five bearing, barring whatever, you know, Tua can do. You know, that, that offense, I mean, at this rate, it's whatever they can do. If they keep it within, a, you know, the scheme, like you said, where they're just making guys get open, whether it's a go route, which is, you know, hopefully Tua can throw a go ball. And then the yeah, other one is, you know, a check down. And these guys are so good on their release and separation. Same, you know, and it's starting to look like, you know what? Miami. Blowing a flicker. The wide receiver free agency made sense, you know? It all makes sense now. Like, Tyreek was worth every penny, it looks like. You know? And especially when you pair him with Jalen Waddle and Mike Jacek. Yeah. So, the weapons are ridiculous. Uh, and the Armstead signing looks good, too. The line is definitely improved as well. Um, so, yeah, I'd be very happy if I'm a Miami fan. I, I think they will. I think they're going to end up being in the playoffs. They look like a legit team. Um, yeah. Uh, on the Baltimore side of it, Lamar is amazing. He was out of played out of his mind, still lost. Um, their the Ravens' receiving core is not impressive, and Lamar is still putting up numbers, making it work. The Ravens, I think, are fine. I that was a crazy game. Like you said, the secondary a little bit suspect. I know they've had some injuries. We'll see. Then again, it seems like they always have injuries these days. But we'll see if they can clean that up. I, I don't worry too much about the Ravens though from that game. Yeah, no concern out of the Ravens here. Uh... I love the joke that's going around that this game is somehow the worst fall when everyone knows it wasn't. Lamar probably played one of the most perfect games you'll ever see. Yeah, Lamar's uh, ridiculous. I think that's just, it's fucked up and funny at the same time, you know, before Lamar. Uh, but the dude's falling out. You gotta give him credit. Like, the dude's falling out. I'm with you. No concern. Yeah, they got torched. The DBs got torched, but some of them are coming off injury. Like, I think Marcus, like, they had guys coming off of injuries. Um, they're going to get healthy. I'm not worried about it. I think Ravens are probably... I think what we just saw was a potential playoff game, probably. I could see that. I, yeah, I think I could see both those teams in the playoffs, especially with what's going on in Cincinnati. Um, before we get to that, I guess now I will take my lumps. Uh, the Patriots' 17-14 win at the Steelers. I was overconfident. I said that was my lock of the week, which I even knew then was a little bit overconfident against Belichick, but the Patriots' offense just looked so bad. Um, and it still looked bad. The Steelers' offense just looked worse. Um, yeah, man, that was horrible. The running game was a little bit better, but still pretty bad. But they at least ran it somewhat. I mean, Mitch just looked awful. Mitch is not good. I've seen enough of Mitch. I'm confident. I like what you said in the pickums this week. I gotta, I, I'm got hopeful I hope Mike Tomlin realizes Thursday he, he definitely is going to play. They're not going to throw Pickett on a short week. But if this, this goes badly in Cleveland Thursday, they lose to Jacoby Brissett. Or even if they, honestly, even if they win, but it's like low scoring and ugly like it's been, like you got to throw Pickett out there, man. Mitch, I'm ready for this Mitch Trubisky era to be over already after two games. Um, yeah, I know you got to give him time. But, nah, like, Pickett's already there and waiting. And Pickett looked better to me in the preseason anyway. I know he wasn't playing as much of the reps with the ones. But uh, I'll get into it. What, what, what is your thoughts on this game? 
Uh, like you said, you know, I was uh, trying to in a little bit. I was trying to contain myself, but uh, you know, like you said, you gotta, you, you gotta, you gotta stop playing it safe. You gotta, you gotta let the, you gotta let the bulls run. You know, uh, this. I mean, these checkdowns from Mr. Bisky, his deep ball isn't there. I hate. I mean, we're. I'm a Mitch, I'm fine with Mitch. You know, I'm no problem. Obviously, I have a problem. I mean. You know, he can he can do big. I had faith that he could do decent enough, especially after that Cincinnati win. But you were, I, I will commend you for sticking by your guns and be like, nah, it wasn't good enough. And here we are playing against Belichick, and it was very obvious that the best offensive player for some reason might be T.J. Watt for the Steelers at this moment. Well, no, without <laughs> him, you know that the Patriots, you know, they still got the. I mean, also you got the you got the sleeper agent also on your team. I hope you guys cut him already because that was some bullshit. Who? Oh, Gunner. Uh, yeah, freaking yeah. Patriots. Oh, he had such a nice preseason though. He was great in the preseason, but yeah, that 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 was a bad fumble. Um, I'll say this on on Mitch. I, as much as I've also been banging on the O line, like the O line, the O line did a little bit better. Uh, yeah, as I was saying. Um, so the Steelers offensive line, uh, I've been banging on it. And obviously, yes, it's still bad, but it's actually like was a little better last week. Like I said, they ran it a little more and like the pass protection, while it's still been bad, it's not like horrible. It's not all like, it's not like Mitch is just getting killed back there. Like, yes, there's pressure and he moves around, but he, he kind of holds the ball too long. Like, and then just to throw these short little passes, he doesn't really see the whole field. Like the more I watched this guy, the first game. Yes, I was annoyed with Mitch. He missed some throws, and I did bag on him, bang on him there, because I obviously want Pickett to play. So I'm obviously biased. But like the first game was more the O line than Mitch. I'll say Th- this game I was watching. I was like, yes, the line was still not great, but a lot of this was on Mitch, man. Like he just doesn't make enough of the throws. He's not accurate enough. He's not accurate enough to be out. Like he doesn't do enough. He's athletic, but he doesn't do enough other stuff well. To not be like accurate and Pickett, Pickett is a more accurate thrower from what I've seen. And like my favorite thing about Pickett, which is why yes he might get killed behind this O line, but I think he would do better than Mitch, is just because the best trade about him in in the three preseason games I've seen, like his best trade was he just gets the ball out really quick. He's got a fast release. Um, he he gets it out so much faster. He's more decisive. Mitch just like I feel like he takes too long to make the reads and make the throws. Yeah, Mitch is a Mitch is just a different guy, you know. He's got to go through a whole new system again, you know. He's learning everything. Uh, <laughs> that's the only thing I can really say about Mitch, man. I, I'm, I can only say that you know the time for Kenny is coming, coming. You know, I mean, we all predicted that it's probably going to be after these first three weeks, you know, where it's going to be a little rough. But I mean, if it's true that it was probably going to be just these first three weeks, like everyone was predicting, and you know. It could be it. This could be it. You know, this could be the last game you'll see Mitch because, like you said, it's a short schedule week. So yeah, I'm not gonna rush Kenny. You know, I I agree with that, and I do think like people said, this would be the perfect week to do it if you're gonna do it. Um, because I know Tomlin said they want to roll with Mitch like the whole year, but that's that's not that can't happen. Um, th- this is a game to do it if you're gonna do it because it's Thursday. So it's Thursday night, not this game against Cleveland. I like I said I do it win or lose unless Mitch just goes out there and lights it up, but I don't see that happening. Because um, then you have an extra long week, and then you have the Jets. 
So that seems like as tough as the schedule is going to be in some of the other games and as it's already been, um, like if if you're one and two come out of these first three games, like you got to throw Pickett out at this point. If you don't do it now, then they're not going to do it until the season is already lost at this point. Um, and so like the Jets, no disrespect to them, but that seems like a good team for him to play his first game against with an extra with extra days to prepare so if they're going to do it, I would do it after this game Thursday night. If not, I have an unfortunate feeling that they'll probably just roll with Mitch for a while and then they'll throw Pickett out there once the year's lost. But I hope not. I hope that Mitch Trubisky era ends after Thursday. <laughs> yeah. No, I just said that's if, you know, shoot, you can do that like Ryan Tannehill did and we'll probably see. I don't think it's going to be likely that even if he did that, we'll see Kenny Pickett. But, you know, I think uh, – yeah, just got to ride it out for week by week, man. That's all you can do, really, until the Tomlin makes that decision, you know? Right. He's just very uh, stagnant, stuck up on it, too. Yeah, he is. Offensive play calling has also looked pretty atrocious yet again. The Steelers haven't had a good OC in, like, a while. Todd Haley was, like, the last—he wasn't even great, but he was the last time they had, like, even a serviceable OC. So, yeah, it's not ideal. Um, moving off the Steelers. Oh, I guess real quick, I guess we didn't even say anything about the Patriots. Mac Jones, he is what he is at this, like, I think he's, he's okay. Um, they don't have great weapons. If he had a better team around him, he could do more. Like, he, he made some throws. He was accurate. He did enough. He didn't wow me. I, I was not really afraid of Mac Jones at any point during that game, even though I knew, even though the Patriots were better, outplayed us, outplayed the Steelers and looked like they're going to win. I still don't think the Patriots are going to be very good. So this game didn't really change my opinion of them. Yeah, I didn't change my opinion either. wasn't really swooped off my feet by the Patriots' performance. It was pretty um, bare bones, I guess you can say. Pretty basic coming from the Patriots, you know. They did what they usually do. They made a big special teams play. That pretty much almost helped them seal the game. Took advantage of every short field. You know, it's that's just how... Patriots play, you know, you can, can barely make mistakes on them, and you know, the Steelers had two costly ones, and that was all Matt Jones needed, so, not really, you know, like you said, not really too, not really, like, you know, too wowed, but, I mean, he did his job, nothing too crazy, you know, Yeah. won the game. No, that's true, Patriots, uh, you know, they're alive and well. Okay, the rest of the NFC North, or AFC North, sorry, um, we can talk about the Cleveland Jets game briefly because even though it was a crazy wild game, I still don't really think either team. Cleveland maybe, but I don't think either team's gonna be great. Um, Cincinnati they lose to Cooper Rush and the Cowboys. I that was one of my locks. I I thought that was gonna be blowout city. I was dead wrong on that. The Bengals still look like they got some problems. They again tried to rally late but came up just short. How concerned are you about the Bengals, man? We'll, we'll talk about them a little bit in our Ofer segment as well, but. This is not a good start. <laughs> yeah, not a great start. The only thing you can really be confident in is, you know, Joe Burrow and the weapons. But the defense, the offensive line, those are still problems, you know. Um, obviously, probably everyone's saying it takes time for it all to gel together. The time's ticking, man. Um, you already came out growing, too. Luckily, yes, your division is, I think everyone's one and one besides you. So, there's still a chance for a bounce back. There's not like enough, you're not really pressing the emergency button yet just because of your division. But, gotta get it together soon, you'd hope, you know, because you already lost one divisional game. 
you know, and everyone was like, oh, it's just week one, you know, everything's just being tested out, but a depleted Dallas team where it only took Micah Parsons really to be a one-man army to take you down, it's, you know, it's kind of, kind of red, you know, red alert, you know, DEFCON 4, all that you can write in a bow. It's, yeah. Uh, it's pretty much like, it's red flags. It's almost like the Bengals are going to bang, you know, almost <laughs> like they're, what the trend is saying right now, but it's, you have Joe Burrow, you still got Jamar Chase, the aliens, all these weapons. Um, yeah, maybe there's still a chance for you to bounce back with those weapons, you know, they can't really write them off yet. Oh, yeah. Uh, and like it's I said, go ahead. What's going on? You know, it's mm-hmm. like, what is going on here? Right. You know, it's definitely, I thought they were kind of just going to come out the gate zoom and they've looked pretty disastrous, but helps them the rest of the division lost, so they're still in game back. I do still think they're going to figure it out because I do just believe in Burrow and their weapons so much. And in the though line, yes, it's been a disaster so far, but it is like a completely new offensive line. Um, so I'll give it some time to gel. The Chiefs was a little shaky last year, and then by the end of the year, it was like the best in football almost. So... I'll give the Bengals some time. I don't think theirs will be the best in football, but I do think it'll get better than it's been. Um, so I don't hit the season over button on the Bengals, but I'm a little worried if I'm them. Um, AFC North is going to be scrappy. Um, all right. Rest of these games before we finish with the Ofer segment. Kind of speed through some of these. I don't know. I mean, some there's still a lot of very interesting storylines. Um, I guess real quick, let, let's breeze through a couple that I don't find as interesting. Uh, the Sunday night, Rodgers destroys the Bears. You know, what else is new? I learned basically nothing from that game. Uh, the Bears only letting Justin Fields pass 11 times is weird, um, but their line is terrible, and their weapons aren't very good. So I get that. I still like Justin Fields. And Rodgers, predictably, you know, he bounced back. I don't really have too much to say about the Packers in that one. Yeah, no, it's more of a game about, uh, you know, obviously... Bears had a couple chances, and one of them that is very, you know, well-marked is going to be the shotgun QB sneak. Um, <laughs> that was very questionable, but, uh, you know, Matt Nagy play call from Matt Eberflus, but at the same time, you know, like you said, this is mostly a Packers reasserting themselves, like, hey, we are still, we are still them, so it's, uh, like you said, nothing too, nothing too, you know, eye-opening, it's like, oh, Yep, everything's, you know, going to go down the same right now as it is, you know. Yeah. No, yeah, I I think Rodgers, it's going to be interesting to see how he can make it work with these receivers. The Bears, I think, will be scrappy and win some games because of fields, but the Bears are just a far worse roster at this point in their rebuild, and they always lose to the Packers in those primetime games, and just in general, so. <laughs> yeah, so that was a fun one. It's a tough go. Yeah, I mean they're they're still rebuilding, like you said. So yeah. All right, so l- let me just kind of work. W- we'll work our way. We'll go back to the rest of the early games. So New York, Cleveland, the Jets make a crazy comeback. Joe Flacco in his bag, got the kids going. Uh, all the young the young weapons on the Jets finally showed their potential. They win a thirty one thirty crazy finish at Cleveland. That was nuts. I mean, that that game really had no business being that that fun. <laughs> I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was probably you know written up writing off the Jets too early, but you know the week one. Oh, I still <laughs> no, I still think they're written off. Come on, it's Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> I still have the Jets written off. <laughs> I mean, hey, I mean they got Zach Wilson supposed to be coming back within the next couple of weeks. They just gotta 
float around with Flacco a little longer and see what else they can do when the the real guy's back in the saddle. So I say, hey, Flacco, good shit. You did your job. You won your game. You're floating by. Ravens were a tough outing. But, hey, that was week one. Here's week two. And you won this crazy week two game showing off your uh, Super Bowl MVP. (laughs) Yep. No, Flacco, like he played well. Garrett Wilson, the rookie first-round receiver from Ohio State, he looked awesome. Um, he's He looks like he's going to be a star. Brees Hall is great. Elijah Moore, like the Jets have some weapons. Their line has just been so injury depleted. But overall, like I think like it's not horrible um, if they can get Dwayne Brown back and tackle. Like they actually have some legitimate pieces on offense. Their defense is still a mess, kind of. But... Um, but it played up better last week. So, you know, they have some scrap. They seem like they like playing for Sala, so that's interesting. This was a big win for the Jets because even assuming they lose, they'll probably lose next week. I think they play Cincinnati. Maybe they'll win. But even so, at this point, they're at least in a position where Zach Wilson will come back because they've got a win. They might not be, like, completely dead by the time Zach Wilson returns. Um, it's a lot going to be a lot of pressure on Zach Wilson when he comes back because they've got some weapons now. They've got real weapons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, and you uh, you said it very perfectly. You know, Zach Wilson's going to come back. The weapons got their chance to show themselves off, the young ones too. Um, Sauce Gardner, got to give him his uh, flowers too real oh, quick. Oh, true. Uh, <laughs> I know you said the defense is nothing to write home about, but Sauce Gardner has been stellar these last couple of weeks. Like, targets and everything have been near none. So <laughs> he's doing his job. He's making himself an island out there like they, uh, like they need. So... Just, yeah. a, just a little, little side on for with Sauce, man. You know, I did love Sauce in the draft. He's such a beast of a corner. I think he's going to be a stud. Um, so that was that was a great pick by them at fourth. Um, Browns, don't really have too much to say about them. You'll hear me. We'll, you'll, we'll get to hear plenty about the Browns because the next time we record, I'm guessing will be Thursday as they're playing the Steelers on Thursday night in the grossest, uh, in the Thursday night follow-up to Herbert Mahomes, uh, Mitch Jacob Brissett, you know, two great quarterbacks. So, <laughs> really right back at it. Really going at it with a complete, you know, complete, yeah, complete one eighty. Not an eliteness going around on prime time right now. Yeah. So, all right, next game on the list we haven't gotten to. Pair of one and one teams now. This was a fun and interesting game. I actually watched a decent amount of this game because my red zone Sunday ticket was being messed up, and so this was one of my cable games. So I ended up having to watch this for a while. Um, Washington, uh, they fall on the road. Detroit beats them 36-27. This game was fun. It was wacky. Detroit, man, they, and we've been saying it all along, this is brothers, but man, they have, their offense is legit. Defense is still bad. They're not going to be a good team because of the defense, but man, their offense is legit. It is fun to watch. They've got a great line. they got weapons. Amon Ross St. Brown. Led the team in rushing and receiving. And he's had like eight catches his last like eight or nine games. Eight plus catches, over 100 yards. He is a stud. The The Lions offense, golf is playing well. Their offense is, is legit. Yeah, Lions, uh, we're gonna talk, I was going to say we're probably going to talk about them later. A little more in depth probably because they're playing the Vikings next week. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it was a very good game, from, especially from the sun god himself, Armand Cabras and Crown. <laughs> Uh, that's what his name translates to, the first part at least. Uh, but, yeah, he really, they put on a show, man. Goff is getting these guys to put on the show. Um, I had a little eye, little eyebrow raise when you had, when you said their defense wasn't it. 
Because I saw Aiden Hutchinson go off. Well, they shut him out. It was 22-0 at half, and then the second half, Wentz started cooking. But, you know, that's kind of a classic Carson Wentz thing. A bad half and a great half. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, you get the ups and the downs with Carson Wentz. That's why I was like, it kind of comes and goes. But, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see how the defense really stacks up later in the season as the time goes on. But, I mean, golf right now, sounds like he's uh, – He's trying to get things. I mean, he's putting up points. He's driving down the field, so it's not going to be, you know, a little. I think the heat's coming off him a little more, but I don't think he's still the guy. But that's about it. No, yeah, I don't think he's the long-term guy, but like he's definitely he's definitely very capable compared to some of the other quarterbacks in the NFC as well, um, with everything he has around him. Washington, you know, I I kind of like this Commanders team. They're fun. I don't think they'll be great. Um, their defense is definitely still con- somewhat of a concern. Um, after that one great year, they've kind of just never gotten back to that. And I know Chase Young will be back at some point. Their offense is pretty fun. Wentz, you know, he's Wentz, but they just kind of lean into it. He's slinging it around. They got good weapons, so they can score points and they can score fast. Uh, things can also go horribly wrong quickly. But their offense is legit. Their weapons are better than I gave them credit for. Jahan Dotson, I kind of felt like that was a weird pick at the time, but he's great. He's really good. Um, yeah, I, I think both these teams could sneaky, will be sneaky in the hunt teams for most of the year in the NFC. I don't know that either of them actually makes the playoffs, but I think both these teams will win a decent number of games, like seven, eight wins for both these teams. Yeah, I agree. I like the thought of having them both in the hunt. Um, I mean, shoot, Lions right now are right there tied with first right as we speak right now of course it's only week two, week, at the end of week two but I mean they're competing in the top of the north uh, I, it's going to be very the Lions and Commanders man they're they're trying that's for sure I mean the quarterbacks are Goff and Carson Wentz you know which is crazy to say that you know there's a little hype and anticipation around them right now especially <laughs> all they've been through but I'd say if I were to pick one of the teams, I probably I probably would still pick the Lions to be probably have the slider edge. I agree. After this game, um, even including the fact they're going to have to play the Packers twice, and the Commanders can probably do a lot better in their own division. But um, yeah, I was about to say we'll see how time tells for these two teams. I think that's a good comparison to keep them neck to neck to see you know what goes on and everything because they're very almost similar situations i feel like both of them have mid-tier quarterbacks good young running back cores and skill weapons so it's like what's uh their defense is obviously they have like the star potential but it's not there so it's like they're both almost very similar it was a good game like you said it was correct i mean lions took away with it from the first half and pretty much didn't have to let go so that was that but no, I'd much. That was a good take. Yeah, I would much rather be Detroit out of those two, as far as like the direction they're heading, because Detroit really is trending in the right direction. They clearly all believe in the coach. The offense has got some dynamic pieces. Washington's does too, but Detroit has a far better O line. Um, so, and Swift is a monster running back as well. We didn't mention him. This is the most interesting Detroit Minnesota game, at least that I can remember in recent memory, as far as Detroit actually being somewhat viable going into it. Um, and the Packers being more looking, so more vulnerable than usual. Very interesting week three game. Um, 
we'll get into that next on Thursday. All right, rank, clocking through the rest of these. We only got two more of the 1 o'clock games and then a few of the afternoon ones. Tampa at New Orleans, Bucks 20, Saints 10. This one was gross. It was 3-3 three to three for, like, most of the game, and then the fourth quarter kind of just got wild. Uh, Brady finally gets the Saints off his back, the regular season bug, even though he and the Bucks didn't look amazing. They had the Mike, Michael, uh, Mike Evans, Lattimore fight, which was fun, and Mike Evans now suspended a game. My biggest takeaway from this one, though, oof, Jameis, man. I know we both love him, but he did not look very good. <laughs> he looked quite bad, actually. Uh, he kind of, the Saints could have, could have easily won this game if Jameis was better. This one is t- almost fully, not, obviously not 100%, but the majority of the blame for this one goes on Jameis. So that was definitely a little discouraging. Yeah, Jameis just pulled the Jameis, you know, back to his old ways. Back, I mean, he must have saw the Tampa Bay uniforms and, you know, just just got a little nostalgic, you know, letting it fly. Um, <laughs> he was probably just too caught up in the moment. Uh, man, that, it, it was like, it was a lot of hype going into that game, especially the potential that, you know, we were saying Dennis Allen, he can come over there. And he did his part. You know, three quarters, like you said, that score was 3-3. The defense did their part. It's just, you cannot be reckless like that, Jameis. Come on. I thought we knew better, but... I mean, he has the weapons to act reckless, but at the same time, man, reel it in. That's all I can say. It's like, I hope he reels it in, um, controls it. But besides that, yeah. I mean, Brady came out there and got the bug off his back, even though it was a brutal, like I said, nothing really happened until that fight happened, really. So that's when all the scoring started to happen. Yeah. I would say... I would say, yeah, it definitely makes me worry a little bit about the Saints' ceiling, seeing Jameis revert to that style of play. Um, they're still going to be an interesting team. I, I really don't know how they're going to do. They may not be qu- quite what we thought, but maybe around there. We'll see. I do feel like, th- I mean, through two games, so obviously not that worth that much, but I do feel like Tampa, to me, is probably the favorite in the NFC just because the Rams have not looked good. Um, through the first two games, and the, I'm sure both teams will kind of figure it out. The Bucks' offenses look shaky, but they have a bunch of injuries, and their defense looks insane. Uh, they look like they have one of the best defenses in the league. So, to me, and they have Brady still to, at the end of the day. To me, they're the front runner in the NFC. Hmm. I, 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 I got nothing to say. Brady's—he's their contender. Sure. I want to know about front runner. I think they're a little thin, personally. Maybe get it together. I'm not sold yet. There's just not... Well, no, I'm not like... And I'm not totally sold. I'm just saying because there's just not... There's not a single team in the NFC that I'm completely sold on. Even the best teams, I have questions about all the top teams in the NFC. Like, so I... Out of all the teams, I would say Tampa's the favorite to me almost by process of elimination just because I feel like they... Even though they have questions, they have less than most of the other teams. Um, Maybe... We're not giving Philly enough love. Philly, Philly's right up there, for being honest. Say, I have not many questions about Philly. I was going to say that's why I went pretty silent. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, it's just uh, as much as I like what Jalen Hurts has done. I'm still going to lean Brady over Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts seems like he's just been on an upward trajectory. So, do really like what the Eagles have done. Uh, all right, the final one o'clock game that we have not gotten to yet. This one had the potential to be fun. Um, and although it was close, it was certainly not fun. Giants 19, Panthers 16. Pretty gross game. I gotta say, man, I think I'm just gonna have to admit 
pretty soon. I was, I think we may have been over-optimistic about Baker because he has looked pretty bad for the most part through two games. And the Giants, 2-0. That's cool. Well, what are, what are your thoughts on this one? More hype for the Giants. Um, after week one, I kind of already jumped off the Baker boat. Um, <laughs> it, you can't you can't hype up a, you know, your rival game, a redemption <laughs> game, I guess you could say. Yeah, I might be right and there in the water with you. <laughs> yeah, it kind of showed up short. So, um, And then they come out here flat against New York, against a New York team that was just, you know, just one through Brian Dayball's will, it seemed like. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I was about to say, this is more of a Giants thing for me. Like, 2-0, nobody thought the Giants would go 2-0. Um, so, I think that's pretty much more impactful. It wakes up the NFC East, because now you got Giants and Eagles pushing down the Cowboys and Commanders. But, it's all close. That division's I can't believe they're actually that competitive right now. <laughs> uh, but the thing this more says about Giants and their future, you know, because Carolina and their future, if they're if the rumors are true, they're debating on bringing in Darnold. I would prefer not to watch a single Panthers game for the rest of the season. They can't give already. up Baker. Yeah, are they really might bring in Darnold already? No way. Yeah, that's the rumor. Right when he gets help, like right when Darnold comes off IR, they're gonna probably just throw him in. Oh, that is not the answer. And, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's like, Matt Rule, are you serious? You're going to let this get out? And then, like, I, once I saw that get out, I was like, really, Matt Rule? You're really panicking this much? I'm like, whatever. And I'm like, whatever. The time, that era in Carolina is almost over. It's been gross. rather than everything yeah. for a while. So and it's probably going to be gross for a little longer now. So, yeah, I've wanted to believe kinda, in Carolina the last two. I've, yeah, I've wanted to believe. I've believed in Carolina the last two years with Darnold last year, I was like, oh, he'll redeem himself, or Baker, he'll redeem himself. And just so far, it looks like I'm going to be completely wrong again. Um, so Carolina may have been overselling them. They look like a bad team. The Giants, yeah, man. Dayball, you know, he's, he clearly seems like he's changed the culture. This is the best start they've had in years. Um, I still don't know if Daniel Jones is a guy. He was definitely still not amazing. But, you know, Dayball has at least seemed to, to reel him in a little bit and can win games and be competent. The offensive play calling is definitely a lot better. Um, and the roster, you know, they got some nice young pieces. They've, they've finally got their tackles fixed, it seems like. At least Andrew Thomas was a beast and Evan Neal, pretty good. So, yeah, I mean, overall, I, I, I'm very excited for the Giants and their fans to, to be at where they're at. And Kayvon Thibodeau should be back pretty soon. Um... So yeah, great for the Giants. I'm excited to see if they can keep this up next two week or next week, Monday Night Football or maybe it's Sunday Night. Um, no, is it right. Monday? Giant Giants Cowboys. That is the most just like the Lions earlier. This is the most interesting Giants Cowboys game in years because it's Dallas with a backup and they're not that good but still serviceable. And then the Giants are two and zero. If they win that one, they're three and zero. Ooh, New York is gonna be going crazy. <laughs> New York is going crazy already, man. And I think that game is winnable, too, like you said. Um, we'll probably preview it later. But, yeah, it's uh, Giants, man. Get, it's getting hype, you know. It's starting to – maybe Daniel Jones got something in him after all. Yeah. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, let's power through here. we got four games left that we haven't touched on. These, to me, are not quite as interesting. We'll, we'll talk about – 
The last two are a little more interesting. Uh, Atlanta at the Rams. Rams 31, Atlanta 27. Rams were destroying them. Atlanta almost was on the right end of a 28-3 comeback. They were down 28-3 and almost came back and won. This, to me, Atlanta is kind of what I thought they would be. They have some nice pieces. I like. I actually do like Arthur Smith as a coach. I think he's a very clever play caller. You see Tennessee's offense has not been the same since he left two years ago. And Atlanta, you like they're scoring points with Mariota. Mariota's making some plays. They don't have amazing personnel, but like they have some weapons and some pieces. They really fought back. To me, I'm this was more concerning about the Rams. The Rams are just kind of shaky and have looked completely out of it. Um, this was a weird game. Atlanta made kind of a crazy comeback, almost won, but didn't. Um, but yeah, what, what were your thoughts on this one? Um, so Falcons, I mean, yeah, like you said, they were on the right end of it. Good way to keep fighting and staying in the game. Uh, shouts out to Mariota, you know, until the end. Uh, whew, man, that was a bad throw. But, oh man, thanks to the Rams. They are shaky, you know. They're one of my, they're just right up there with the Bengals where I have just as many questions about them, you know. Uh, they're just, it's not really... It's like it's working, but it's like, is it? You know, it's like you're asking yourself, like it's working, but it's not. And it's like, but there's McVay and Stafford and Cub and Donald. It's like, it has to work, right? It has to <laughs> work. But it's like, like you said, they almost fell to the opposite side of a 28-3, you know? They almost got caught. And it's like, man, this, if, if Jalen Ramsey, if Mario didn't throw that duck of a ball, that... You know, that game probably would have kept been a little bit more interesting, but it is Mariota that did happen. You know, hopefully Redder, Desmond Ritter's uh, countdown gets a little more realistic for Atlanta. But, um, yeah, I'm not, not too confident in the Rams, you know, especially with my boy Jimmy G getting back on the field. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. I do, yeah. I, I The Rams have major concerns as far as their O-line and their defense. They lost pieces. They don't look nearly as good as they did last year. But... I do still give them the benefit of the doubt because McVay, Stafford, Aaron Donald, I do think they'll turn it around and they'll be right there in the mix at the end. But, yeah, they definitely got some big concerns. Um, last thing on Atlanta, I kind of feel like Atlanta almost reminds me of, I think they're going to be this year's Detroit, what Detroit was last year, where they're fun, keep a lot of games close that they shouldn't be in, but they're still really just mostly tanking and are going to have, like, a top-five pick next year. Some fun pieces Seem like they believe in their coach, but still just a bad roster. Um, so yeah, that, that's that was that's about all we need to say on that one. I'd say uh, let's get to your boy Jimmy G. He came in after Trey Lance. Unfortunately, just hate to see it. Very sad. He had a bad ankle injury. He can be out for the year. Got carted off. Um, and then Jimmy G came in. He rolled Niners. He wasn't amazing, but he did was fine. The Niners stopped Seattle. They're just a far better roster. Um, I still think they would have won even with Trey Lance. But Gina or Jimmy G is obviously more accurate, more polished thrower right now. Um, do you feel like San Francisco is back in the in the Super Bowl window now that the uh, our Trey Lance argument we only got to have for like a week after spending all off season arguing about it, and now we're not even going to get to see it play out? <laughs> well, they never were in the Super Bowl window when Trey Lance was on the team, in my opinion. So with Jimmy <laughs> back on the team, yes, I am saying they're back in the window because he is a better passer right now. Just right now, like you said. <laughs> so uh, I was about to say, if I'm thinking some players, you know, some teams, you need to think of the now. And I was definitely thinking that with the Niners because a lot of those pieces, man, 
are really good for winning right now. And it'd be a damn shame if they just had to use this as a progress year, you know? Like, that team was way, this team was way better than just sitting there and let it be a development year for Trey Lance. Like, I, I don't think that would have been wise. And especially when you have the Cardinals and Rams, even though they're iffy right now, like, it's, you know, right now you guys are all knotted up one and one, you know? Yeah. So it's like <laughs> perfect time. In my opinion, you know, Jimmy G's right back in it, you know, gives you a nice edge, in my opinion, because I'm more confident with the Jimmy G going forward just from what I've seen and than Trey Lance was. And, yeah, it sucks. Like you said, it sucks when an injury happens and that takes away. You know, I never want to doubt. I would rather have seen Trey Lance play and, you know, just didn't do good. But, you know, he got hurt. So now we got to wait another year. Sucks that we're going to have to do this whole thing again pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> we'll dance again. But we don't have to worry about it until next season. Get to talk Jimmy G. I'm happy about that because Jimmy G, like I said, I think it's the better passer at the moment. Yeah. I, I agree totally that Jimmy G gives them a better chance to win today right now. But I think it makes them far less interesting of a team because Trey Lance does have that high ceiling that if they unlock his potential, what could he be? What could they be? Um, now we're not going to know that. And I kind of know, feel like I know what they are with Jimmy G. They'll be good probably in the playoffs right there in the mix. Probably at the end of the day, though, they're going to get to a point in the playoffs where they have play a good enough team that Jimmy G has to step up and make some big throws and he won't be able to do it because that's how it always ends for Jimmy G. But he's still a good player, solid quarterback. And Seattle... Don't need to say much about them. They're bad. I, I said I had the take last week that the after their heroic win over Russell Wilson that that could be the only game they win all year. <laughs> Looks better after this one. They got waxed. Um, I also think Seattle will have a top-five pick, even though I think they'll probably realistically scrap another win or two somewhere. Um, so, yeah, yeah, they're going to be bad. Last week was just kind of a magic moment fluke-type game. They're, they're going to be bad. It said more about the Broncos than it did about the Seahawks. I'll say that. I wouldn't say magic moment for last week. I think that was more emotion. You know, right. I think they were more driven to win that game than they were this one. But, yeah, I was about to say, Geno Smith just went back to just, you know, everyone rather not sending him any letters. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Final two games of the week. Speaking of Russell Wilson. Denver 16, Houston 9. As I said, the Davis Mills bandwagon was rolling pretty well the first week against the Colts. Uh, it hit a bit of a bump this week. He didn't score any touchdowns. He outplayed, well, I don't know if you'd say outplayed Russell Wilson. They had both had were pretty bad. Um, Mills was 19 of 38, 177. No TDs, no picks. Wilson, 14 of 31, 219 yards, touchdown and a pick. Um yeah, man, uh, that one was ugly. Denver is, looks like a mess. Rustus has not looked good. I think he'll probably figure it out somewhat, and they'll improve on what they looked like the first two weeks. But, man, Denver, they're lucky to be 1-1, one and, one, and they played Seattle and Houston the first two games. So it's only going to get tougher from here. I'm not loving what I've seen from Denver so far. I think they may have been a little overhyped. And Russ, I still think, will be fine, but he's definitely not what he used to be. Yeah, um, Denver, I'm glad I hopped off the hype train early because, like you said, the same that you came out of Houston and Seattle, what, Seattle barely saying that they and they lost one of those games too. So, like, and there's been a bunch of 
you know, controversy, questions, all that jazz. So it's uh, not, like you said, it's going to get a lot tougher. I haven't even seen a division opponent yet. So, you know, it's it's, it's going to be rough. I, I have my doubts on Nathaniel Hackett already. But, I mean, maybe they, maybe he has the Steelers curse or something with him, you know? <laughs> or he just struggles against the bad teams, but when he gets to those good teams, he'll have his A game. So, we'll, we'll see. We'll find out soon enough. Fun game next week also. They play San Francisco. That's going to be intriguing. Um, anything else you want to say about the Texans and our boy Davis Mills? It was not his finest moment. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't a good game, really. Um, They're still a horrible roster. Still a pretty bad roster, yeah. even though I like their draft. And I like Davis Mills. They were rough. <laughs> yeah, they, they kept. They were in the game. Like I mean, they kept themselves in the game. That's all I can really say. So you can't be mad at them. Yeah. Like, yeah. They just didn't put up points. No touchdowns. Just no touchdowns. Football games. Yeah. So, yeah, that one was ugly. We'll see how many wins Houston's able to sneak this year. We're we're gonna have to do some revisiting of the Davis Mills conversation uh, on Thursday when we talk about uh, their game next week. And then the final game we haven't touched on. This one was also bizarre. I didn't really watch any of this one because um, when I was watching the, some of the 4 o'clock games, the Raiders were creaming the cards. They were up 23. They were up 20 to nothing, 23-7. And then Arizona stormed back in the second half. Hunter Renfro had the two bizarre fumbles that kind of cost the Raiders the game. The Cardinals through six quarters looking like a complete and utter tire fire. And then Kyler just... Does some of his Murray magic, makes some crazy plays, puts them on his back, leads them to rally for the win. The two-point conversion highlight was obviously ridiculous, unreal, the things he can do. Um, that one was bizarre. I really thought the Raiders were going to win this one. It might be panic. You think it's panic time for Vegas? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not a believer in McDaniels. I've been saying that. I think he was one of my like, lowest-rated hires. Um, if you can't get these weapons to work, man... Yeah, this is that's concerning, um, and you blow the lead like that with these weapons too. That's the other thing. So defense isn't getting getting it done as well. You know, it's it's not looking good. I've said this, I think, before. I think everybody that's moved to Vegas so far right now is probably regretting that move to Vegas, <laughs> and I you pretty much just McDaniel's and Devontae Adams because right now it's just not looking good at all it's just like yeah they were up in the half but guess what you lost the game yeah. you lost the game I nonetheless do. you were up in the third quarter and lost it so i yeah um it's not looking great for the raiders i do still think if we're being honest though i still think they've played harder teams they definitely look better than the broncos um they've had a lot of mistakes i think their offense will still end up being pretty good um once their line gels a little bit more and once they're more used to the system I'm more concerned, honestly, about their defense. It's not great. Um, they clearly got cooked by Kyler in the second half. Their, their secondary has some legit concerns. Um, I just don't think their roster overall is good enough. Their offensive weapons are great, but outside of that, I just don't know if they have enough to – and their edge rushers are good, but I don't know if they have enough to be in the mix in the brutal AFC. So I do think they're in some trouble. Um, I, I'm a little more optimistic that they can – at least become somewhat respectable than it sounds like you are. But, like, I don't think they're going to be an awful team, but I don't think they'll be in the playoffs either. Arizona, man, they needed that. Uh, that was crazy. I still don't really know what to make of Arizona. I don't believe in them too much, but I do think just because of Kyler Murray's talent level and 
Like, there's enough pieces around him. I do feel like they'll kind of be a sneak into the playoffs, get into the playoffs team. But I don't really think they have too high of a ceiling this year because their defense still has concerns. And they just at times looked unorganized and messy for the first two games, six quarters, like you said. And then Kyler kind of just went off script and bailed them out and saved them. What do you think about Arizona? I think almost like you just said, yeah. Um, defense is going to get worse by the day. I mean, you have an aging J.J. Watt leading the helm of the defense, and that's not much to say. Um, and as for Kyler Murray, he's going to do his thing. He did save him. He did his magic. So, yeah, I'm not really writing home too much about the Cardinals on this one. It was a good win. But, you know, it's, you got to – they're a good team in the NFC West. You know, that's one of the guys that I think will they will definitely be running around that playoff hunt just because of Kyler Murray. But that I think for just a playoff push, just in terms of after what I've seen with this defense, uh, like they, they you fall back way too many times to be doing that, you know? Yeah. Like especially when you get 40, 40 bomb, forty burger by on your first week. So Yeah. Okay. All right, well, that's all the games. We're going to finish up with a fun little segment. Well, actually, okay, I guess first we've mentioned this, but uh, rough week for our picks. Um, we were – I'm not going to go through all the games, but I'll just go through our three our three locks that we do. I'm 0-2 now on my locks of the weeks. I had a 1-3 week. Only game I got right was I had the Niners over Seattle. Um and the covering, I was on the Bengals minus the points and the Steelers plus the points. Both those obviously went horribly wrong. Um, and you, your picks were 0-3, uh, correct? Who were pick, picks on? <laughs> yeah, those picks were not pretty, man. But like I said, it was a tough week. We did definitely probably, the week one overreactions probably got the best of us. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll settle in. We, we, we did better. And we our week one picks, were we at least were 2-1 and one both, right? So now we're, uh, we're hanging around 500 so far. <laughs> Yeah, around 500. Um, Rough week, though. Uh, hopefully we can bounce back big next week after uh, hitting the reality check that we were given today. Yeah. That's good. Gosh, that was bad. That yeah. was bad. So, yeah. I mean, I think we got our picks right here. It's like we got, you went, we, yeah, we both got four, four picks out of the whole games. You got four, Colby, and I got five. <laughs> yeah, it was a rough stretch. It's like, so definitely a week one overreaction week for us. Um, I did pretty good on my bets, though, like on FanDuel, so I'm pretty okay. But, <laughs> well, that's good. That's what really yeah. counts. So okay. Yeah, the real uh, picks, you know, they just didn't pull through for me on this one. Yeah. All right. Uh, so to finish out here before we go, we're going to play a little game we came up with. I like this segment. You came up with the idea. We'll call it the Ophers. Going to talk about the 0 and 2, 2 and 0 teams, um, and I believe I understand this correct. So you've got three categories we can put them in. You've got playoff believers, big stinkers, and serving up baloney. Um, yes, sir. So I assume playoff believers means that you're a legit 2 and 0 team. Big stinkers, they're going to be really bad. The 0 and 2 team, and then serving up baloney, their starts kind of a fluke. Yeah. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, on the nose, bud. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so you want to you want to be more positive. You want to go winners first, own two nose first, own twos first, or you want me to just alternate back and forth? Let's just go ahead and just go right down the list. So we're gonna start with believers. Okay. All right. So we got the six two and O teams in the league. You know, label them believers or serving up baloney, kind of a fluke. 
Start with the Miami Dolphins, 2-0. They had a crazy comeback over the over the uh, Ravens. I'll, I'll let you go first on this one. Do you do you have them in the playoff believers category, or are they in the serving up? Are they serving up some baloney? I'm a playoff believer. Um, I said it earlier. Mike Daniels said just he's starting a legendary campaign, coaching campaign, already taking down Belichick and Harbaugh, Super Bowl winning coaches. So. I am a huge playoff believer. I think they'll make the playoffs. Um, that's what that is saying. Uh, with these weapons and with two and on, I think it'll be awesome. <laughs> and fun to watch throughout the season. Yeah, I agree. I would put them in playoff believers as well. Like I said, they're better than I, they look better than I thought they would. Their offense is just, to me, so dynamic because of Hill and Waddle. And then Gesicki is also a great tight end. And you got Cedric Wilson, too. When Gesicki is like your, like, when those are your third and fourth options, that's behind Hill and Waddle. The weapons are there. Tua's got everything in place. I don't know. Their defense is fine. I don't know how good it's going to be. Obviously, Lamar carved it up, but he can do that to a lot of teams. Um, But I just think their offense is so good. They're going to win a lot of games and make the playoffs. Um, All right, next on the list, 2-0 teams. This team has had all the expectations, all the pressure. The Buffalo Bills have been delivering so far. They have absolutely thrashed the Rams and Tennessee I think I'm pretty sure I know what both our answers are going to be on this one, but but you have them as a believer, or are they serving up below? Oh, definitely a believer. No uh, no hesitation there for me. Like you said, they're living up to the expectations, and that's that's exactly what I want to hear. So it's we, it was going to be a tough ride throughout the season, and they're still holding on. So keep going, you know, circle those wagons, man. No one does it better than the Bills. Yeah. I agree totally. I completely believe. They look absolutely loaded on both ends of the ball. they got pass rushers for days, weapons for days. Josh Allen is ridiculous. Um, to me, they, they look like a top one to two team in football. They, they have looked A++ so far. They're, I'm fully believer. Next team on the list, uh, the Chiefs. I think I also know what both our answers will probably be on this one. They're 2-0. Uh, do you have them as believer or big stinker? Or, sorry, serving up baloney. Um, I'm a believer as well. Mahomes, you know, yeah, not not missing a beat. He hasn't even he hasn't even done his whole load over. Never, I remember I was saying in the offseason, oh, he's gonna have that, that four game stretch. That might not even happen. Um, that might he might go just trot, he might trot through the season perfectly fine. You know, just hitting every other weapon as he can. And you know, it's uh, yeah, Mahomes is a, he's a go, he's a beast. You know, can't really can't really take that from them. So believer for sure yeah all right got Mahomes uh and the Chiefs yeah they're both pretty legit um and now the NFC teams that are 2-0 uh the Eagles we've talked a lot about the Eagles on here uh do you see are you a believer in them or do you see them as serving up baloney a little fraudulent still a believer even after that ass whooping still a <laughs> <laughs> um yeah nothing swaying me from that if anything uh probably just cemented it uh so yeah, believer. Yeah, I agree. I'm as I've said. I don't feel like we need to hit on too many of the same points we have. I'm definitely fully believer on the Eagles. Uh, they look really good. <laughs> oh, sorry. And in the wide open NFC, um, I like them even more. So I'm a fully believer there. Um. All right. The other now the most surprising by far, I would say, of this bunch, the New York Football Giants, two and zero. Are you playoff believer in the Giants, or are they serving up some baloney? Sadly, I think they're serving up some baloney. Um, 
you can't. I think they're not. I think this team is they're coached well. Like Dable has been calling all the right shots, you know, keeping it going. But man, it's uh, if they do make the playoffs, I would be like I, as you can see, a loss of words. Like I'd be at a loss of words if they made the playoffs. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're serving up some baloney. Um, they they played what the Panthers and I forgot the, the Titans. Both the came Titans. down to like yeah. last second yeah, the, the wire. We gotta talk about them, but yeah, it's the Panthers and Titans both are on the other side of this skit or segment. So yeah, I'm going to say baloney. All right, I agree. Um, I also think they're serving up baloney as fun as it is, and I hope they get a bunch more wins. I do think they'll get a decent amount of wins because Dable looks like a really good coach. I believe in him. He was one of my favorite hires, um, and they definitely are a far improved team. They still have Daniel Jones, who has his limitations, even though he's looked better. He's still not great. And they still definitely have a lot of holes on their roster. I don't see them actually getting into the playoffs. But they have a nice, pretty easy start to their schedule. I think, though, I could see them getting seven, maybe even eight wins, which how the Giants have been the last, like, five years, that's a pretty successful season, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I would say, look, see, I think it also depends on where they fall in their division. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, say, I, I, I think it all depends on where they fall in the season on how they fall, how they feel about success, um, especially with Daniel Jones on this little little contract season. So we'll see. I do think they smell like baloney, but playoffs, man, it's right there. It's right. I mean, like if they if they show up against these Cowboys, they'll still be three and zero, and uh, that's gonna be wild, like you said in New York. Yeah. No, that'll be that'll be interesting. Uh, all right, last two and O team um, talked about them a little bit. The Tampa Bay Bucks. Are you a playoff believer, or do you see them as a little bit of uh, a little bit of baloney serving right there? I I'm a believer, but there is the smell of baloney around. Interesting. Yeah, because like Brady, it took them three quarters to get three points on the board. And then you have to get the fight, and then refs also. I honestly believe the refs helped a lot in that whole little push that they did there <laughs> um, and, and everything. But I thought it was a classic, you know, that 13 man, the 12 man or 13 man came in to help out Brady. But that's, that's another biased take for another day. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they're still definitely a playoff. I believe they'll make the playoffs, yes. But do I think that they're not as strong as always? Yeah, I think they're definitely not as strong as they always were. That's why I'm going to say it's a little hint of baloney in there. So yeah, they're in the play. Yeah, they're going to be a playoff team. I think it's also like, it's like, uh, yeah, they're a playoff team. You know, you're saying a little like a little hesitant. But that's like, yeah, they did. they're going to make it. Yeah, and that's all I can really say. It's like, yeah, I think they're going to make it, but it's going to be a little baloney like. Yeah. Okay. You got the easy division to walk through. All right, I, I like that. Um, that's a good take. I'll say playoff believer. As I said, I think they're still, to me, the favorite in the NFC as of now because their defense looks really, really good. Um, and Brady, the offense has looked rough. I'm not disputing that, but I do think he'll figure it out and get more groove once some of his weapons start to come back. Um, I, I think they'll be fine. I see them as one of the top contenders in the NFC. So, all right, now as we get ready to finish up, this, to me, will be the more interesting part of this segment. The 0-2 oh, teams... So we're kind of saying who's going to be a big stinker, like bottom out, actual bad team. 
and which ones are maybe more fluky, could still turn it around. Start with the Panthers. Uh, I see this team, sadly, as much as I say to say it, I, I see them as a big stinker at this point. These were two very, very winnable games, the Browns and the Giants, to start the season. To be 0-2 right now, it ain't looking great. So I'm not confident yes. that they'll be able to turn it around. <laughs> very, very, very winnable games. And like I said, when I heard the news today that there's the possibility that Sam Darnold will be on to that track, will be playing or might be getting a start or two, I was like, yeah, I'm off this. I'm already done. I already said it. I'm pretty much already written them off. So they're one of the bigger stinkers because, like, I was hyped for Baker. It was one of my, my fun storylines to watch for the NFL. And, yeah, man, you can't you can't come out. You're not swinging. So I don't even know how to really even put it. So Yeah, their offense has been dreadful. stink so bad, I can barely even put it in words. <laughs> yeah, all right. Not too much disagreement there. Both disappointed in the Panthers. The Falcons, next 0-2 on the list. To me, like I said, they're also a big stinker. I like that they got fight. They got some fun pieces. But overall, it's just not a very good roster, and I don't think they'll win more than five games this year. Yeah, they stink, but at least they're going to be much more fun to watch than probably the Panthers and Baker at this point. <laughs> probably so, Or Panthers and whoever they decide to throw at quarterback. I don't even care. Like, I'm, I'm honestly almost, like, hearing that Sam Donald news, it does almost, like, disencourage you until they get a new change of... Uh, probably coaching, honestly. I, I don't know. I don't know what it will take to get me reinterested and reinvested into this team, but I am off the boat for sure. Yeah. All right, so those were two pretty easy. Now this is where it kind of gets interesting with these next three. All right, start with the Raiders. 0-2, but again, both close, weird games. They could have won even though they've looked kind of bad uh, against Arizona and the Chargers. I can't put them in the big stinkers category. I'll say they're serving up a little bit of baloney. They're a little bit of a fluke. I don't. I still don't think they're going to end up making the playoffs because AFC is brutal. But I don't think they're as bad as they've looked at times in these first two losses. I do still think they'll get a solid eight or so wins. Um, I, I don't think they're awful. They'll be around 500, maybe slightly over, maybe slightly below. I do think there's enough on this offense that Derek Carr and company will figure it out and win some games, put up some points. But like I said, I also have some big concerns. So I don't think they're a big stinker, but they're more going to end up being a middle-of-the-pack team to me. Yeah, um, I'm going to call them a stinker because of just <laughs> all the expectations they came in with. And especially the fact that they have to be in the AFC West. Um, to come out 0-2 in a competitive division like this, it's going it, to – it stinks. There you go. It stinks. Um, <laughs> you have all these beast weapons, and they are just not getting any access to them. Like only two catches to Devontae Adams. That's ridiculous in one half. Like yeah. Trying to put away a team. That's true. It's like, <laughs> what is going? Like, I, I, I just, I'm just not a believer in McDaniel's man. I'm really, I'm not. So we'll see, man. I, 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 I agree with the fact that you said that they can bounce back and clean it up. I think I can see that happening. But at the same time, I'm just like, yeah. Between them and the Broncos, the, the coaching moves that they made, that's just, I think, that not been correct. Just <laughs> not correct at all. Interesting. Yeah, that's fair to say so far. I do still have more faith that McDaniels will eventually figure it out, but I don't know. All right, the Titans, next 0-2 team on the list. They lost a heartbreaking thriller to the Giants week one and then got their brakes beaten off by the Bills last night. I got to be honest, man. 
kind of might put the Titans in the... The only thing that's keeping me from saying they're a big stinker is their division that they play in, where they'll probably still be in the mix, even if they are kind of a disaster. But they have been a disaster so far. So I'll put them... I'll say big stinker, but with an asterisk in that they could easily still win their division while being a big stinker. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and put them at below. And I think that's a bold claim for me to say personally, too, just because I think it's only baloney because I trust in the system. Like, I think they're going to get it together. You know, I do find it very odd that they just threw Malik Willis out there last night. I mean, they were getting blown out. So at the same time, you know, they were probably like, hey, just get your minutes in, kid. But um, I, they're on the verge to being a big stinker, in my opinion, too. Uh, it's not much keeping me above to put them at the baloney line, besides the fact that I do believe that they can also get some wins in the division to keep their name around, you know? That's literally the only, like, I think they'll keep their name floating around. That's the only reason why if I see this team fall 0-4, 0-5. Definitely could have, definitely would have, should have put him as a big stinker. Yeah. I just think Tannehill has also looked rough. Um, I think it's probably over for him, or at least close to over. Okay. The Bengals, 0-2. We talked about them. I'll put them fully in the baloney category. As I said, it takes time for an O-line to gel. I can't see Joe Burrow looking as bad as he has through two weeks for the rest of the year with all their weapons. I do think this team... As much as I dislike the Bengals, and it does hate me to say, I do think they will eventually figure it out. I Now the question is, will it take them so long that in the AFC they're not able to get back into it? I don't know. But I think they're fine still. Um, as bad as the first two weeks have been, I do think they'll eventually get it figured out. So I'm not as yeah. worried as I am about the Titans or Raiders. Not nearly as worried. I'm willing, I rep the same thing right now for them. <laughs> I believe in the weapons, Joe Burrow. I believe in this whole gelling factor, you know, it is early. No one really played together because of Joe Burrow's appendix surgery and all that jazz, but also just the fact that, uh, like you said, it's Joe Burrow. It's going to, he has, it has, it can't be happening like this, man. To come off a Super Bowl like that and then to fall flat like this, it's hard for me to believe the Bengals will bangle this hard. So, uh, a little concerned, but not like we said earlier, not too entirely. I think everything will come together in the end. So, sadly, they're just they're just serving us up some baloney. Sadly, I don't know if they keep falling. If they keep falling on these games, though, they're only one game back in division. Yes, but in the AFC, you gotta turn it up now or or never. You know. Yeah, I agree. It's gonna be interesting. They have to win. If they are go to zero and three, then I'm really really starting to panic. Uh, from the Bengals. Yeah. Okay. And then finally, these two teams aren't technically 0-2. You have them with the asterisks. But the Texans and Colts who tied week one and are both 0-1-1. and We'll do the Texans, I guess, first. Pains me to say it, but they're, they're still a big stinker. They're still in a full, deep rebuild. Their roster is still bad. I think Davis Mills can play, but it didn't look like it week two. I still believe in him. I'm obviously not going to jump off the bandwagon after one bad week. Uh, but this team is not good. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I'm saying stinker as well, but their their farts smell like baloney. Um, <laughs> which I guess stinks as well. But I mean, I guess that stinks as well. But uh, 
I think they got. I think they can make. I think they're going to be one of those teams, like you said, when we were talking about uh, Washington staying around and competing, and the Falcons staying around and competing. I think the Texans are going to be almost like they were last year. You know, staying around and competing, <laughs> mm-hmm. making making you know good teams look bad. <laughs> Broncos. Uh, hopefully that uh, that doesn't change. But on the other side of it, though, the Colts. I'm going to go ahead and jump the gun on it and say they're also my other stinker. They're both stink, in my opinion, but the Colts stink more. So <laughs> that's why I said there's a there's a hint of baloney with the Texans because they don't smell. Unless you hate the smell of baloney, then, yeah, they probably do smell that worse than the Colts. <laughs> I think they don't. I, I don't think they do. I think right now the Texans at least have the right trend. Like, we know they're the Texans. We know they're stuck in a bad spot, but they're trying. And the Colts are just like, they're just trying to switch out pieces left and right. Yeah. And it's just, it looks way more desperate and needy compared to the Texans who already know what they are. And they're just running with it, you know? That's what I like about them. Yeah, and you know what? Davis Mills last year, what was it, four wins? If that, it was like probably two. I think they got four. I think they had four last year. One was a tie rod. Okay, good. So, anyways. But, I mean, like, that's what I'm trying to say. It's like... Texans know who they are. They're they're trying to try their best, but outside of the Colts, they were trying to be this whole win now team, and it's it's looking like they're just going to try and get the number one pick. Yeah, um, you know, I think the Texans, like you said, it, it, I do think I also would say the Colts are a big stinker, and it's worse for the Colts because the Colts were supposed to be good, whereas the Texans, everyone thinks they're like the worst team in the league anyway. So they're pretty much playing with house money from that perspective. The Colts, to me, and they could still turn it around and win their crappy division, but they're a big stinker because, like I said, the offense is anemic. They have no real playmakers outside of Pittman. And Matt Ryan, man, like, even though the he's got a better old line, he's looked pretty bad the first two games. Um, he may be washed. Matt Ryan may only have – it might be another one-year wonder in Indianapolis uh, if Matt Ryan doesn't get things turned around this season. Yeah. I mean, shoot, the door might be closing very fast, too. Who knows? Yeah, their coach is going to be on the hot seat. And Arizona's going crazy, so. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I the Colts, to me, have the most panic in the NFL because it has been a disastrous start. I had my questions about them, but I did not think it would look this bad to start. I didn't see this coming. No, not, not losing to the Jags by putting up no points. And, uh... Tying the Texans. Definitely did not see that coming. Yeah. Well, no, that was a crazy one. Um, and uh, we'll see. Colts, another team, really going to need a win this week. Week three, man, it was a crazy week two. Week three shaping up to be interesting as well. Jalen, I think that's all about all we got. Any final thoughts? Oh, man. Please keep Kirk Cousins off prime time. <laughs> that's, my only final, but that's my final thought. That's a great final that's thought. Fun. That's a good one to end on. <laughs> I mean, final thoughts is, I've already had this thought, but God, I hope this is the last week where I'm going into it and be like, all right, can't wait to watch Mitch Trubisky. Final thought, Kenny Pickett, week four, starting versus the Jets. Gotta be. Gotta be. There you go. There you go, folks. All right. Thank you for listening to the CJJC Show. If you want more content, follow us on Instagram, where we post weekly pickums and other social media whenever that happens. Also, keep a lookout for our pickums list so you can join in on the takes and all the fun. Peace out.